0: clean everything you put your dishwasher tablet in there who else has come up across the dishwasher problem? yeah right oh boss boss is like this is my life it's sad right when the dishwasher doesn't work um this is not the first time either I won't tell you the brand and um and the dishwasher so we start pulling apart we sort of know like there's a blockage there's clearly a blockage because you know there's grimy dirty water that's sitting at the bottom of my so-called dishwasher um, which is meant to have clean dishes so there's no way that this dish is going to get clean but anyhow so we give it a go we pull it apart we look at all the different traps and all the different things and clean it all out and then again optimism kicks in you press play nothing nothing it's still dirty I know it's very inconvenient so we call the dishwasher technician out he takes two weeks clearly there's a lot of problems with the dishwasher to come along and to be able to uh, look at the dishwasher and he's there for two and a half minutes clears the little pebble that is stuck in this one little thing it's like um like a straw length um, little part where this little I don't know what it was, maybe I burnt scrapings off one of my dinners, who knows, my own fault. And it got stuck in this thing and it was wedged in there and it impacted my kitchen. It impacted a bank account of $190 for two and a half minutes, but... We have now got clean dishes, everybody, so this is good, this is good. (laughs) It's worth a clap as well, (laughs) all the dishwashers out there, this is good, I appreciate that. But this morning we're going to look at um, a chapter in the book of Acts, chapter 6 in verse 1. And we're going to look at over here, the church is growing. It is impacting um, the places and the people around them in this day. And God is adding to them. He's increasing them in numbers. And um, we pick that up in chapter 6, verse 1. Who's got their Bible? Give me a wave, whether it's digital or not. Oh, yeah, good. This right, good. The Birch family, legends. They're there. They're ready. There might be others as well. And what is good and what we've been also inclined to do as a staff is that as we're, we're here on a Sunday, where, whether you're learning and growing in faith community or elsewhere learning, what's really helpful is to be able to re- retain and hear that and remember the things that you've learnt today. Because who goes into Mondays like, now, what was she talking about on the dishwasher? Um, <laughs> what we can do is start writing notes. Um, Bethy, Bethy Smyth, she's a legend, she brings it, we're doing that. So maybe that is something to incorporate in you, that um, on a Sunday we come with a notebook, we come ready, or your iPad, whatever you like to do, and take notes to be able to recall maybe what God is speaking to you. So in verse 1 it says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing... So we see here, and as I said earlier, that God is adding to them on a daily basis, that it has gone from this number of people that have gathered together and conversations that are happening and and people accepting and knowing the gospel of Jesus Christ, to now going on to changing cities and then going on to be able to impact and expand and go to the ends of the earth. So that's what's happening. Remember these first few verses, the first few words in this verse, that there is increase that there is, they're having impact, that they're on mission for God and God is adding to them daily and there is that increase which is there. And then what happens? The Hellenistic Jews among them start complaining against the Hebrew Jews because their widows are being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said... It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn, we will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Now, this is not saying one is more important than the other. That they're just recognising that there's a need, that we need to have more people part of the team here to be able to get the job done. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also, Philip, Precorius, don't we love these names? Nicanor, whose name their child that? Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased. They increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So we see that... The apostles here, they're, having, they're getting the work done, right? They're, they're going out, they're impacting, they know the call of God on their lives and they're going out and they're spreading the word in prayer and preaching the word of God in these places and we see the increase that is happening. It is expanding from where we see in Acts where there's that, that group that gathers in the upper room to like a hundred or so people to now there's thousands of people. That's some growth, right? Can you imagine us? Like there's a there's a couple of hundred of us in the room here today can you imagine that over five years there's like 5,000 plus people so we gotta um we and the apostles are dealing with all of this that you know there is this increase that is happening God is adding to them on a daily basis and so in the context of the time here we have these two groups of people We have the Hebrew Jews that are there and you can sort of like split them up in the time that there's just these two groups. And there's these Hebrew Jews which are from the Jewish culture. Jesus himself was in this group that they come from Judea and the surrounds there. And they're they're, they're, the type of people that they're like, we're we're pretty good. We sort of like feel like I'm a bit of a cut above the rest type of friends. But, you know, there's this one group, the uh, Hebrew Jews there. And then we've also got the Hellenist Jews and they come from this Greek culture, Greek speaking and they um, were spread and living amongst Jerusalem. So there's two groups of people. So we've got them both there and what we see here and what is happening here is that one group of people are noticing that their widows are not being taken care of, quite the same as the other group of widows. And so we see that in the, in the influx and in the growth of the church, where there is impact and there is growth that is happening dramatically, in comes this, what I'm going to call, an impact blocker of complaining. You see, what's happened here, it's not the fact that there is a problem, it's a fact that What makes that problem so much worse is that they start complaining. They start complaining about, you know, you're looking after the um, the Hebrew Jews and the the widows there and the the Hellenists, the the, the Jews over here, and their widows are not getting any food. And there's this complaining that starts to happen. Now, you might say, Michelle, could you bring something that's a little bit more relevant to our day and to our church? Like, where, where does complaining sit with us? We don't complain, do we? Well, just, yeah, that's right, <laughs> tongue in cheek. That over here, what we see is that this problem is made so much worse because of the, the complaining that is taken place through the, this group of people. That we see it all turns out well that through this scripture. But just let's, let's ride with me at the moment. Now, I know you, there's no complainers in this place, but just imagine maybe one of your friends who complains to you. You're thinking of that friend. And there, there's a problem that takes place. There's a problem that's happening and there, that problem is, is known to the person that can fix it. But as the problem in, and the days go by, you're like, nothing's happening about that problem. Nothing's, nothing's getting fixed or seemingly getting attention to the problem that is at hand. And you start then telling your friend about it. And you start complaining to that friend about it. And then you start complaining to someone in the shops that knows nothing about nothing and you start complaining about them and about the problem there. And then bad seed goes out and bad seed goes out about people. And that problem starts, it goes from a problem to now complaining and that people that we're talking to that you go and speak with, now you're, you're, you're talking to them about things that are, are probably not good. <laughs> ...in terms of the complaining part. Can I tell you something? Did you know that God hates complaining? He hates complaining. That it's not that he thinks, oh, don't do that. It's not good for your life. It's not good for other people. He actually hates complaining. Now, I'm very convicted as doing this message. Let's just put it out there. In Proverbs chapter 6... It lists down seven different things God hates. One of those things is complaining. I was like, oh, ouch. Because you know what? In our day and age and the culture and and where we're living in this day, isn't it just an automatic thing? If there's a problem, you start complaining about it. But as Christ followers, as what we read here in Proverbs 6.19, what, one of the things that God hates is a person that stirs up conflict in community. Someone that stirs up conflict when there's a problem. Let's go talk to that friend, that friend, and fr- that friend. When you're in your workplace and, and someone's um, not fixing a problem, so you go and talk to that friend, and that friend, and that friend. God hates it when we stir up in community. That, that complaining that he does not like it that these problems that may take place, they, they escalate and they become worse as a result of the murmuring and the complaining that takes place. And that as we're looking at the church and the impact of the church and that, that God is growing and adding to their number and that the, the disciples are there and they're doing their best with the 5,000 that has now come into their care, that what has potential to happen between these two groups, if not handled well, is this complaining that can fester into something very bad to be able to break the impact and the mission of what God is doing because of a complaint that starts here. And we see that end badly in different scenarios. It may end badly in a church. It may end badly in a a relationship. It may end badly in a workplace. And so as Christ followers, we've got to be aware of an impact blocker that may actually work through our lives as we start complaining about things. That it can stop the work of God in our own personal growth, in what God is doing in our life, in what God is calling us to a, a life that is in the likeness of Jesus Christ. That as we're complaining, as we're spreading bad seed, as we're, we're spreading and talking about different things, it has a potential to stop the impact that we have in our communities. And we see that in the scripture here where, you know, the enemy comes and doesn't he want to stop the work of what God is doing? Doesn't he want to stop the work of what God is doing in your life? Doesn't he want to stop the work of what God is doing in our church life? That over here, he tried times before to be able to have impact and get amongst them. And that the apostles, when they went out and that call of God on their lives to be able to go and spread the word, prayer and ministry, that the council would bring them in and he's like, you cannot preach the gospel. And so Satan tries to stop them in this tact three or four times leading up to this point. Pull them in to say, you cannot preach the gospel. And respectfully, they say, yes, we will. And they go out and do it. Again now, so they, he, he starts to maybe stop the word of God going off from that level. But now the tact is, let's go from within. Let's see if I can, I can put this problem and this complaining in between the people and stop the impact of what God is doing in and through this church. The growth that it's happening. The people's lives that are... Ha- oh, jeepers. I've gone to... I don't know where I've gone now. To be able to understand and know that... Our lives and the culture that we live in is just very easily accepting to complaining. That the people that we go to to complain, it's easy because they've got an open ear to it. They want to hear the complaining. But God hates that we complain. That there are God-honouring ways in which, now I'm not being naive to say that, church, we have no problems here. I'm not saying that. There is a way in which we can handle things that come our way, whether it be a problem, whether it be an incident, whether it be whatever that's coming our way. To be able to handle those things in a God-honouring way as opposed to complaining so then we go on and the scripture says, and we, we see here that, um, so the complaining's happening. We see that, you know, the apostles are there. The growth of the church has taken place. And, and let's give them a bit of grace that, you know, yes, the widows may have been overlooked. But um, they had lots to do, don't we say? <laughs> they had a lot to do. There was growth. So they see that um, opportunity now where a problem has arise, to say, actually, we need to expand our team. We need to grow the people. So these people are getting cared off. The word of God is still going out. Prayer ministry is still happening. So we need to expand our squad. And so they go to it and they say, pick men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So what does it look like to be full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom? Full of the Holy Spirit means that you are spiritually minded, that you have that spiritual element in your life. Wisdom means that you are practically minded, that that yeah, that practical. So it's both spirit and practical working together in what they want and what they see they need in order for these seven men to be able to minister um, food to these widows. Now, sometimes people may be so spiritually minded that they are no practical use, and that could be dangerous. You know, they're off with the fairies, and you know you just got to bring them back down, and they got to have that that practical side to them. Or they could be so practically minded that they just thrive on the list, they thrive on ticking boxes, they thrive in that... I love a good list, Don't, don't get me wrong here. That they thrive in that and they forget the spiritual element to it. And so over here you would say, okay, so you're calling the team to expand to be able to minister food to a widow... What does a spiritual side need to be in terms of administering and it seemingly is an administrative role to be able to give food to these people? And so you look at maybe what what the task would look like to be able to um, administer that food to the widows. And I just had a run through my head that, you know, you'd have an Elvanto roster. No, that's what we use here as a database for all our our volunteers. Um, So you have a sort of roster rotation. You know who the widows are, how many are there, what food are we going to give them. Is it going to be weekly? Is it going to be daily? Is it going to be monthly? Whatever it may be. So when you think about the realms of actually, what does it take to be able to get this job done? It's pretty practical, hey? It's pretty practical. When you go from Sunday to Monday, what do you see yourself like in that space? Wherever we go on a Monday, whatever your role is like for tomorrow, whether it's in home with those little kitties, whether it's in a workplace, whether it's in a school, whether it's in a college, what does it look like for you on the Monday morning? Because over here, what the apostles are saying that for waiting on tables, and maybe the waiting on tables looks different for you in terms of what you do on a Monday, this is what we need is both spiritually and practically minded, that we need both of these things working together. Now, you might say, Michelle, my job on a Monday is so far removed from anything spiritual. There's just no need for it. There's just no need for it. And as we look at the administration of the feeding the widows, you would think, well, that's pretty practical. What does the spiritual part of that mean? But my guess is that as you go into your workplace, as you go into your family home, as you go into um, your schoolyard, that as we go in there with a mindset of both spirit and practical, spirit and wisdom, that we go in there with this discerning voice of God to lead us, to guide us, to show us people, that may need us extend an invitation or a conversation or or something that they may lack or need. You may administer food to someone that may require that, but they they keep very quiet because they don't want anyone to know. There is an aspect of both the spiritual and the practical that when we go from a Sunday to a Monday, that we don't leave the spirit behind on Sunday... But it enters into our Monday and where it shows up on our Monday and our Tuesday and through our Saturday is that there's discerning voice of God that is leading us and guiding us. You see, in this this, uh, role of being able to minister food to the widows, it would have taken both spirit and practical because they would have been giving those food out daily, knowing all the people, knowing the ladies that came through, knowing that this is the only means of which, back in the day, they would be able to be cared for. And so they're coming through and they're collecting their food day after day, week after week. And then someone on this side, be it Stephen, sees Ruth coming in. And Ruth doesn't look the same. Maybe something's going on. Maybe Stephen's feeling something like, oh, maybe something's up with Ruth. And he's able to enter and follow the prompting of what is going on. And it could lead to whatever it may be. But that is not leaving the spirit behind by what is practical. That over here in our church, that um, as we look at the impact and the mission of what we get to be a part of as a church aspect, that the people that set out these chairs, it's not just practical. It's not just practical, that you are preparing a space for people to come in and to be able to hear the voice of God, be able to worship God. The people over in Kids are setting spaces that last week or the two weeks ago, 13 kids made a decision to follow Christ Jesus. That's just not setting up a room, Michelle, Jelana and Boston were doing today. You are preparing spaces for kids to encounter the living presence of God. That in and through Alpha and through welcoming in a car park, that time after time when people are coming in here and they're new and I get to chat with them, they'll say, this is such a warm and friendly space. You're not just doing a practical thing. You're preparing the way in which God moves through each one of us. And so our impact that we have, that you see the work of God in your life and through your life. And so as an impact together, that what we get to do as a church is to be able to expand the ministry of what God is doing in and through this place that we call True North that through what we get to be a part of, whether it is setting out chairs or being able to um, lead children or be able to welcome people into church, by worship over here, cameras, screens, all the rest of it, that our impact is together. And what we see here in in these verses is that it became bottlenecked because they were limited with the 12 apostles at the time what they realise is if we are to reach more people, if we are still to be able to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, we need more people to come and to be able to gather and to be able to take care of the needs of of these widows. And likewise here for us today, that for a church as True North Church, for us to have a greater impact is that for every single one of us that call uh, this place home, Any visitors, you're also welcome. But anyone that calls themselves as part of the family here at True North, that I'll be that question to you. Come and join the team. Come and be a part of how far-reaching we can go if 80% of our church, this is my prayer, it's optimistic, like the dishwasher, it's optimistic. that we will tip on the head 20% doing 80% of the work to 80% doing 20% of the work because then we can further reach the places and spaces where God's calling us to. And that requires every single one of us here today to join a space, find your place, be a part. And I'm the biggest supporter of everyone, come and be a part of the team. When my first Sunday here at True North... In 1998, I walked in and they're like, We need people to act. It was a widow actually (laughs) to paint this widow's house. And I'm like, I can paint, I want to be a part of that. And to this day, still in friendships with those people that I met on that day, way back in 1998. It's about community, it's about ownership. It's about we're in this together. It is about we can expand and do far greater things with everyone on the team. That this isn't something separate to, okay, it looks like they've all got it together. True North, I come in, all these amazing volunteers, they do all their thing. But I encourage each one of you that maybe you haven't taken those next steps to come and be a part of the team. We would love for you to join the team. Do you know what I love the most is being having, having conv- conversations over coffee to hear, well, what is it you love to do? It may be something random and I'm like, okay, let's do that. Yeah. To be able to, when you're in your sweet spot, I'm, I'm looking at Mel up the back there. She loves accounting. I had a conf- coffee with her and I'm like, oh, wow, how far removed am I from accounting? Uh, <laughs> she loves accounting. She's calm and she goes, I've got time. I'll be a part of that. I'll be a part of what you do from Monday to Friday and I'll volunteer the time to come and, and data entry. <laughs> Love you for that. Um, being part of the team. Releasing some of the staff to do other things in order. And there's not that one thing is greater than the other thing. Is that both things are spiritual Both things are practical, that we need to walk in step with those things. There was, um, when I I think about a worker and we think about, you know, waiting on tables here and how we, we go into our Monday, there's a lollipop man, everyone aware of the lollipop man, you know, helps the kids cross the streets, Um, We live in Ocean Reef and down Constellation Drive has anyone... Like when I was at Mullaloo preaching this, they're like, yes, yes, we know Tim well. And I tell you, Tim is a lollipop man like no other. He is there and now my my youngest is now left school. But um, as a year 12 student boy who wasn't interested in school and would wake up five minutes before jumping in the car... Um, even he would light up when he would see Tim because Tim was engaging, he would wave to everyone, he catches everyone's attention, there are cars, it's quite a a thoroughfare because there's three schools that it goes on to, and Tim, rain, hail or storm, that Tim is out there and there's no chair, you know, you see some of them relaxed and reclined back and, you know, just having a great old time, not Tim, Tim is engaging with every car, you just got to drive by, if you've got time, Constellation Drive. And you'll see him in action. Kids bring him presents. Mums stop and bring him coffees. He is outstanding at what he does. So as we go into our Monday, alive with the spirit of the living God in us, that we should stand out like Tim the lollipop man. I don't know if he is a Christian, but I bet you he is. There is something in him like no other I really feel sorry for the other lollipop man who's just down the road and he's reclined in his chairs you know the grumpy face um just real sad because he shines and lights up and changes people's days because of the way he shows up on on a morning whether it's stinking hot or pouring with rain there is no difference in Tim's face. He's still locking eyes with you in the car, waving, thumb, very, like, just going for it. And he shows up. That our Sunday, as we go into our Monday, that the Spirit of the living God, that the practical and the wisdom of God in our lives, that that shouldn't separate from what we do and the impact and the mission that we have during our week as a collective and our impact together as a church, that the more we've got, the more impact we have. We have got the Christmas season upon us, church. We have got Yanship carols. We've got Heathridge carols that are like 20,000 people that we have impact in our communities where people are singing um, songs to Jesus in those spaces, having a great family gathering in those spaces that we have got a Christmas carnival happening here at the block, that we have got a kids outreach happening on Christmas Eve, that there's all these spaces and places that we have that are coming up, that we get to impact and be a part of the message of Jesus Christ going out to our communities. And I'd invite, if that's something that you are keen to be a part of and jump on as a part of a team, that the Christmas stuff will be coming out, but you may want to be in a weekly gathering as a team, that you can do it on the QR codes on the chairs or go to the Connect Lounge and say, hey, I I want to be a part of this, and you can do that. But as I wrap up now, that idea of going back to that impact blocker that is complaining, and I stand here firstly and say, God, I'm sorry because that has been me, that has been me, where complaining has been a part of what I do, when there's a problem I go off and start chatting to this one, that one the other. I'd love and I feel like in this moment that together as a church, and we're going to take communion in just a minute, that before we take communion that anyone here you would say that, yeah Michelle I'll join you in that. I've had it where I've, I've gone and I've complained about this and that and the other. And if that is you, I'm going to invite you to stand now with me and I'm going to pray for us. It says this, this moment of confession and repentance that God, if you hate that, I don't want it. I don't want to be that person that has this complaining in my life. I don't want to be that person that complains about others and spreads those bad seeds out there. And if that is you, I'd invite you now just to stand where you're at. See the love of God upon this place. That as we come humbly before him, hand on heart to say, God, let me lead from love. Let me lead out of love. And that I don't want this complaining to be uh, just a natural instinct of what I do. Show me and teach me God-honouring ways to lead and love in the midst of difficult times, problem times. Jesus, would you show me? So God, I pray with everyone here that is standing, that Jesus, we repent and, of this complaining. Lord, may you um, forgive us. Lord, in this moment of confession to say that, God, we don't want to be those people that complain. We want to be the people that show light and love and have impact in our world. So, God, we thank you that you are so quick to forgive us. And, Lord, as you forgive us, Lord, I ask that you would teach us. Show us in the testing times of this week, Lord, where there are moments that we default to complaining. That, God, that you would show us a way that we would deal with the situation in a way that represents who you are the light and love of Jesus Christ may we have an impact this week in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen we're gonna move into a time of communion and um, for anyone that's new here um, you are welcome to participate if you like and how and why we do and take communion here is that what we believe that Jesus Christ has died and he rose again, defeating the grave and that we now live and upon that cross as he went to the cross and died for us, that he paid the price of our sins and that we now stand in that that freedom of Christ Jesus, not condemned, not separated by God, from God, but now in the fullness of who Jesus is that we stand in the freedom of Christ Jesus and we remember him in this moment. We give thanks. We take the cracker that represents his body that was broken. We take the juice that represents the blood that was shed for us, that we stand and remember and give thanks to the one who has done it all for us on our behalf, for every single one of us here. If you believe is Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour and you believe what he has done for you, you are more than welcome to participate in that. And as we take communion, the, the team are going to lead us through this song and this item. And I invite you to do that at your own time. But love to also extend for anyone that would like prayer, that idea of um, both the spirit that interacts with us and is in us and is through us. And that you've been like feeling like you get it on a Sunday But when I'm in my workplace or when I'm in my home, I tend to forget and I tend to disconnect from what God is doing in and through me, through what I do. I feel like there's a powerful moment in that, in what the impact of maybe your eyes will be open to those that don't love Jesus, or you might have impact in other ways where the discerning voice of God wants to speak in and through your life, through what you do on a Monday through to a Saturday. But I'd love to pray for you. We're going to have a few people come as well. So as um, we come, this is just free moment time. You do as you need. You can take communion over here. And if you'd like prayer, we're going to have a few of us down the front here. Just come down. We'd love to pray for you. The Spirit of the living God would be abiding in us and that we would be aware of Him on our Monday through to our Sunday. So come as you feel led, won't you? Come to the table, take communion. If you want prayer, come down here. Thanks team.